Yo, the Arsenal Bros are back. Episode 9 incoming. We preview West Ham with a special guest. And we waffle about transfers and everything in between. With our first section of some fan-asked questions. Let's take a listen. Welcome everyone. Another cracking Arsenal Bros podcast incoming. We have a full house with the bros. Looking forward to Sunday's big match against the Hammers with Kevin and Ben. I am Nick. Kevin, how are you doing? Doing great. We have finished the work week and not too much stands behind Arsenal in another game. So couldn't be more excited for that. We've had eight days in between games. I tell you what, when you lose, you just can't wait for that next one because you want to get out of your mouth. But when you win, you need that next hit. Ben, you ready to get that next hit? I'm so ready. I, I'm i pretty pretty excited for Sunday. I think it'll be uh, – it's a big match for us. It is, and I don't think we can, uh, we can look past it because West Ham does have quality, although they have their own business going on. But first things first, it, you know, I texted you guys earlier this week. It's kind of sad. We only have five games left this season. That's uh, I, I know we know what we want, but the the reality is that five games is, is five games. And that's, uh, you know, that's only 450 minutes. That's quick math, but that's only 450 minutes left of uh, our beloved Gooners we get to watch. And then... Uh, then it's uh, the stress and anxiety of the transfer window. So how do you guys feel about the I, – I know we've been saying every game's a cup final. I think I can remember that being 13 at some point. But now it's down to five, five cup finals. How are you guys feeling about the just the run-in, the end of the season? Where, where, do you, where are you guys' heads at? Man, I'm just, I'm not ready for the Arsenal to leave us. It's been a fun season with this team. Five left. I mean, the pressure is cooking. Feels like every every match just feels a little tighter, a little more important. And selfishly in my head, I'm just like, man, what am I going to do all summer? I'm going to have to find some more hobbies. Yeah, we're going to have to slow down our our pods, and which will be sad. But I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. But yeah, I'm gonna have to find. So th- this was my hobby that I, I picked up, and uh, with with this being limited, that will be uh, I'll be a little bit of a bummer. Kevin, how are you feeling? Five games left. I feel like when we started this podcast, we were feeling great about our positioning. Felt like Champions League wasn't locked in, but we were definitely in control. And then three matches later. Three, three losses, zero points, and you're thinking, all right, Europa is going to be where we're going to be at. And then all of a sudden, the the Amazon documentary writers have a different twist in the script, and you beat Manchester United and Chelsea back-to-back. Now, all of a sudden, we're back in a great spot, and you just feel like we're going to have another twist or turn in these next five matches. Hopefully... Not too many, but you just feel like we're going to be in for a wild ride. Yeah, I'm definitely convinced that this narrative is not over. And just as much at the beginning of everything, we thought things were looking good. 
and then how quickly they turned the other way and how quickly they turned back. Uh, yeah, there. this uh, five games, as uh, fast as it will feel, you know, could uh, – could could take just has plenty of times to take many many sharp turns and uh i'm expecting that honestly i i have the scene from the office uh from i forget i think it was the dinner party episode where michael's like snip snap snip snap you know what three vasectomies does to a man's body it feels like kind of that <laughs> that level of chaos we, absolutely we have the appointment made and that third vasectomy I mean, we're trying to triple reverse it, and uh, I, I didn't think we'd go there, but you know, I, I see the I see the parallel for sure. Experience, but I uh, I yeah, can we guess. Should probably, we should probably move on from this from this metaphor. <laughs> we're gonna get sponsors we weren't looking for if we <laughs> carry this on for too much longer. Yes, Doctor Johnson's vasectomy clinic. No pun. <laughs> nice Woo. five games left going to go fast so good news it sounds like Starboy Saka should be good to go back in full training Mikel said today he should be back and will we, will we see the the full return to Takahiro Tomiyasu good Good injury boost for them, and, and Thomas Party is back on the treadmill. Not sure if we'll get him back. I did think it was a little interesting that Mikel specifically said that Tomiyasu is versatile, can play on the left side, at left center back, and left back. Could he be hinting that Tomiyasu will be lining up on the left side? Yeah, I think I think it's a, a definite possibility. I, that would be... Um, I would really help with, with KT out. Uh, I, I would assume he's making, based on the comments, he's going to make his full return. We need him. We need to shore up our, our defense a little bit, provide some stability. And so I'm really hopeful. So glad to see Starboy back. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that Tommy is, is rip roaring, ready to go. Yeah. To me, it seems that Tomiyasu comes in at right back. He tucks in with the center backs. And now Nuno has free license to go Nunoing up the left flank. And uh, that just makes sense to me. I feel like him at left back. Now we're stuck with Cedric some more. And we know we're getting out of Cedric. But I feel like there's something. We talked about the chaos factor or whatever. But, you know, as much as he might not know which direction he's going the defenders surely don't know. So, I don't know. I just feel like the balance of Tomiyasu returning really would fit well with Tavares, his athleticism, his offensive prowess. You might laugh at me, but I think there's something in him that puts him in dangerous areas. I love so. it. I, I think when, when you frame it that way, I think that's a fantastic idea, play that the back four into the back three a little bit. Uh, I mean, why not? Nuno is is the pure chaos factor, like you said. Yeah. I, thoughts on good injury news. It To me, we go back to that sniff-snap reference, and I see 
Mikel pulling this little bit. We use the word smokescreen all the time. Ooh. I think he just throws that in with Tomiyasu, and it just gives Moyes and other coaches something to think about And as they're preparing for the match. and Because Cedric can also play left back. He's done it for us before. True. So you could easily see Cedric on the left and Tomiyasu on the right. And But I fully agree with what you said. I think Tomiyasu adds more stability, and then that allows us to unleash Tavares on the left. And we've seen what he can do scoring a goal last weekend, getting other chances that weren't finished quite as well, but the absolute chaos factor over there on that side. He is the regeneration of Alfonso Davis. I joked in a tweet saying that, but the comparison is uncanny. Like uh, like the Hooters uh, slogan. Um, uh, I can't remember what it is. I've never been there, but I always see the shirts. I work at a high school, and the kids think they're cool and wear them. It's like uh, slightly unrefined yet delightfully tacky or something like that. I yeah. feel like that's Nuno. Unrefined yet delightful in his own way. Man, we're just crushing it with these <laughs> references today. Some big... <laughs> Big sponsors on the way. <laughs> I mean, this might be for a PG-13 crowd this week. We yeah. might have to put the explicit on here if we <laughs> go too much longer down this rabbit trail. This is like a Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. rabbit hole. Anyways, yeah. we'll continue. West Ham, uh, part two, we'll have our West Ham guest, Luke Greenway, on. What do you guys know about West Ham? Obviously, result. Uh, losing 2-1 in the first leg at home to Eintracht Frankfurt. They surely rotated a lot against Chelsea. They hung in the game, and it took a late 90th-minute goal for them to lose to Chelsea. They're surely going to rotate even more, especially with Craig Dawson out with a red card. What are you guys expecting from West Ham? Are you expecting full wholesale rotation, Declan Rice, Jared Bowen, are you expecting them to to show up and and uh, put up a good fight? Yeah, I'm I'm a little torn because you you have the hopes for them of catching United. It's close enough where they could make a run for it, but I think they have to be valuing the Europa League and really see light at the end of the tunnel through that competition. And so I'm expecting some pretty heavy rotation which also probably means some pretty heavy sitting in, uh, especially when they can see that that's, that's what's troubled us the last few weeks. And so I would imagine they, that they're really going to just continue to value Europe over the league right now. Yeah, it really might work out better than better for them than they expect having to rotate and having to sit in is uh, you know a strategy strategy that has proven to be difficult for us over the last couple weeks. Kevin, what are your thoughts on West Ham? I didn't see too much of their match against Chelsea last weekend, but I know, I think it was around the 60th minute, they subbed on, I think Bowen, Rice, and one of the other guys came on. And I, you hope in a way that they rest Bowen, Rice, even Zuma, who made his return yesterday 
you hope that those guys get rested, but there's just that part of you that doesn't necessarily believe that Moyes will do that. And, but if I were a, to be a betting man, I think we see all those guys on the bench and I would be even surprised if either Bowen or Declan Rice didn't even play in the game and they fully gave them time off all weekend in order to, to get ready for the return leg on Thursday. I think you look at what West Ham needs if they want to qualify for the Champions League. They need multiple results in the Premier League, and they need other teams to drop points, whereas Europa, they need two more results, and then you're in. It's totally in their control in that competition against, I would say, arguably lower competition for them. So I think that is their absolute golden golden path, and risking too much against Arsenal in terms of who they play could really jeopardize what that looks like for him. Yeah, I very much agree. I would also be very, very surprised if Rice, Bowen, um, I think mainly those two, if they start, uh, let alone come on, you know, the Chelsea game, that was a, I think they played Saturday and their next game, the Europa League game was Thursday, but now they go Thursday night to Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon kickoff, um, or maybe it's a lunchtime kick. I don't know. I can't. The time. It's an evening. Yeah, but I mean, still, that's a, a shorter turnaround. And now they know chasing a goal. You know, I really think that 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 was the best result for us. And now they're going to have to have to keep them on to push to um, to get that result. You're right, Kevin. It's probably easier for them to go for that game and smarter for them to go for that game than it is to depend on other results to go your way. Um, I, there's a, always a part of me that, you know, doesn't think that they're just going to, they're going to tank and give it up. Um, but this is such a huge thing for them. I really, you, you man, can you imagine being a manager and you sub rice on and he gets hurt before the biggest game? Um, you know, I, I'd be hard-pressed that the club has had a bigger game than this. I mean, not only is it a trophy, but it's a European trophy, and it's your ticket into the Champions League. And, uh, yeah, I would would just be surprised for them to play, but I still think we're going to have our work cut out for us. If they go that back three, I know their their back three had Cresswell and Ben Johnson, traditional wingbacks, playing with Dawson, but Dawson will be out. I could see Zuma needing to play, although he's just been rushed back from injury. I could see him being brought back um, just to hold down the middle because they have nobody else, but I, I could be wrong. They really could be going for it more than I think, but I definitely think Bowen, Antonio, Rice are all getting a rest. Yeah. Yeah, and and since we've started the pod, we, we have some good some good basis of when we feel confident or like, Hey, we should really like press and get a result. I don't know. The squad, the squad seems to be wrestling with that a little bit of like, how do we come in and and break down? And so it'll be interesting to see just how prepared, how well prepared they are to face it. It's going to be a challenge. I mean, West Ham are just a tough side. They're in good form, whether that's their, their 
traditional starting 11 or guys coming in this feeling the squad seems pretty upbeat. And so we'll, I'm hoping that Mikel has a, a tactical game plan that'll help us break them down more efficiently than we have been. Cause we have to, we have to get full points from this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we could find ourselves in a position going into the game where we're back in fifth and I don't know if, if you're Mikel, do you tell the guys, I guess it depends on the result, but if Tottenham win, that's motivating knowing that we're chasing again, but if they drop points, do we naturally come complacent? I mean, I think in this world, it's going to be hard to avoid it no matter what, even in the ground, I feel like some guy, you could avoid your phone all you want, but a fan could yell out the result or whatever. But I guess if you had control over it, would you tell the players the result of that game right before us or would you have them block it out? Man, that is, that's the age old question that is so difficult to answer. And just the way I personally view it is these guys are professionals and they deal with this every single day. And I, I don't know what they do, how they handle those results every day, but to me, I just say, do what you, how you always prepare. And that's what I would prefer. If I had to go with my gut, I would say that Arsenal would know that result. I think the guys just want to know those things generally. And to me, if Tottenham were to drop points, I think that game just becomes, or not Tottenham. Yeah, if Tottenham drop points, that game becomes even bigger because we can really extend that gap ahead of Spurs. And if we can even go to White Hart Lane with a four, with a three, four point lead over them in the table, that's such a huge advantage to what we, what we would need to get in that game. Yeah, that would would be massive, especially. I mean, I know we have another game before the North London Derby, but yeah, it's uh, it's hard not to think ahead too much. But you know, we have what's in front of us right here, so right, it will it will be there. Do you guys have lineup predictions? I know we've talked about Tomiyasu returning, but do you see that being the only change, or do you anticipate any other changes, Ben? Yeah, I I would think he comes in and, and stakes a place. I'm not sure. I think him and Cedric will start just depending on who will be on the right, who will be on the left. It does, yeah, I, I would imagine that'll be about the only change. I think Eddie keeps his spot. I think Sokka's back in. Smith-Rowe? Yeah, I actually think we'll go Martinelli. I do too. I think um, he's played well and is pushing the pace a little bit. I think he could could get matched up um, 1v1 against Ben Johnson. And I Johnson's still young. He's not super prem proven. And so I think maybe that's a, that's an area that Mikel will look at. Oh, okay, we can get Gabby uh, lined up 1v1 and just see what happens. Kevin, thoughts? So are you guys saying no? Nuno out there, or are you thinking he's going to be in? I think it'll be Nuno. It sounds like okay. Ben thinking Cedric. I think Cedric, but I would want Nuno. I my my prediction would be Cedric to the bench, and Tomiyasu gets his full his first full chance at a ninety minutes, 
and doesn't mean he has to play now. I think Cedric could easily come in for him there. But then, and we've talked about this on previous pods before, as long as Nuno is on the left, Smith Rowe has generally played in front. Mm. And I, my instinct tells me that it remains Smith Rowe in front of him, and then Martinelli comes off the bench again and can be a sub either out wide or as the nine for Eddie coming on. We've seen that a couple times already. That's kind of my my prediction there. So similar to what you guys said, and basically what we've done the last two matches, just swapping out Tomiyasu and Cedric. It was interesting that Mikel pointed out that when Martinelli came on, he came on to help specifically with Nuno. Um, so saw that as, you know, traditionally it's been Smith Rowe to help, but noticed that Martinelli could help as well. So thought that was interesting. So it seems like he feels like both of them can help. So score predictions before we get to a couple listener questions. Yeah, you'll you'll hear me in part two. Got pressed to make a prediction, so I'll just stick with that right. same prediction. We'll save the reveal till then. Yeah. So I guess that's the same for myself. Kevin? Wow. The ball quickly bounced back into my court here. Man, now I'm I'm super curious as to what the two of you will predict later on. You'll have to tune in. I will have to tune in. I've heard it's a <laughs> I've heard it's a good podcast. Yeah, not that we do part two before part one, but you know, life life happens sometimes. So I think each of the last two games have been so wide open between Chelsea and then United with all these goals flowing in. And I just look at tomorrow or Sunday and see the opposite happening. And we've talked about the horseshoe of death over and over again. And I think tomorrow we have, not tomorrow, on Sunday, we have a, what's just going to be kind of a, very much a stalemate. I think they're going to sit in. And my prediction will be that we get a goal, I'd say, either right before or right after halftime to go up 1-0 and then that is how it finishes. It's going to be tight late on. Rob Holding comes on to give us five at the back, and it will just be it will be very tight. You know, Antonio is going to get some chances in the air late in the game, but I think we know what we need in this game, and it means more to the Arsenal players. And I think just the the confidence that's been built with these last two wins we've gotten will be enough to help carry us across the finish line so i will say one zero to the arsenal and i actually call in to get the game winner oh would love to see that i i think that's what i predicted actually as well so great minds think alike they do yeah i uh you know as it's been going in the last couple games in the last five games i guess whoever scores first wins that game um and it might go back even farther but I know the last five for us since the international break, team that scores first has won. And uh, I know we've lost eight of eight out of the nine that we've gone behind this year. So that does not bode well. So let's hope we get that first goal. 
and we will hold on literally and figuratively. So, great. Well, let's start with some. The last last eight in which ever team has scored first, uh, leading back to the Wolves on February 24th. Last Mm. eight, it's been whoever scores first is one. To be honest, I think that's the only game I can think that we came back in. Um, It is. So, I uh, am not thinking that if that happens, that that's going to bode well for us. But let's hope we just bag the early goal and we don't have to worry about any of that. But lots of twists and turns, as we mentioned. So, all right, let's move on to our final part of part one here. Some listener questions. First, we will start from faithful listener Big Papa. 514 Pat, thank you for the question and thank you for listening as always. He says, discussion point, re-signing El Nini. He understands his role as a sub slash depth, so wages would be inconsequential. Big word from a big guy. Arteta favors him. High work rate, good demeanor for the dressing room, and reality is we need depth in the midfield with injury-prone Tommy and suspension-prone Xhaka. Thoughts on El Nini extension? Run it. Contract runs out. El Nini's Arsenal life has five games left. Do we bring that? Do we bring him back? What are your guys' thoughts? I have an opinion, but I'll let you guys go first. Yeah, I think he's a great squad player. I think with him, the that's some of the depth and maturity we need just around uh, London Conley. We need that around the training, uh, the the dressing room. We need people like him. And so I, I would say if Xhaka leaves, El Nenny has to stay. But if Xhaka stays, I feel like El Nenny could leave as long as a replacement or upgrade came in for either him or Xhaka. So for me, I think we have to keep one of the two uh, players in the midfield, and I think Xhaka is staying. So to me, while El Nenny would be nice to have, I think another season under Sambi's belt um, and bringing in uh, just a midfield upgrade could give us something else a little more oomph going forward, a little more athleticism, or uh, someone who can who can put in a shift defensively. So, so a little waffly on my part, but but I would be okay letting him leave if the right player came around to replace him. Kevin, I couldn't agree. I don't say this often with Ben but I couldn't agree more with what he had to say. I think the one thing you love about El Nenny is the leadership and veteran qualities he brings to the side. And I've been calling for that all season as far as transfers go is bringing in some experience to the squad. And I think he has that need right now, which would be the main reason why I would want him back, not necessarily his qualities as a player, which we've seen, obviously, these last two matches he started for us. But if he if he's willing to stay and wants to be there and wants to take on that role, I am all for it. I would 100% love him to stay. But if if that's not what he's wanting, the last thing you want around youngsters is a guy who really wants to play more and is unhappy but that's also just not what we've seen from the Egyptian Messi. So my my gut tells me he will be back 
in the red and white this fall. Wow. I think it depends if we get Champions League. I think... Man, I think if we get it, he will go. And if we don't... Oh, man, I don't know. I think I had it backwards in my head. I think if we get Champions League... You know, because we're pretty much locked into Europe at this point. You're snip-snapping us right now. I am. I'm snip-snapping myself. (laughs) Uh, um, Man, I, uh, you know, because it's harder to go out and get somebody. He's, if we lose another senior head in Lacazette, now we're left with Partey and Jaka as our only more experienced players in Rob Holding. And we're going to need a squad with not only a deeper squad, but a squad with personalities and characters. It sounds like he wants to stay, um, but you know, he can't sign anything if it's not put out in front of him. So I, you know, we're going to have more games. So I, I think, you know, as I look, as I look at the players behind him, I mean, Lakonga, I think is the heir to Thomas Party, and I think that, you know, I, and to be honest, he might even be right now the heir to Mohamed El Nini. So, uh, but I don't see Patino being close. I think Aziz will go on loan. So just based off of that, I think he'll stay because whether we we play in Europe and oh, I pray that we make a deep FA Cup run finally, we're going to need him to play. Because, I mean, lots of guys on loan, lots of them leaving. So I think he's going to need to stay. So I think he gets the contract out in front of him. I do think he'll sign. So we'd love to see it. Pat, thank you for the question. Our other question is from Nathan at It's Your Boy NBA FC. Nathan, thanks for the question. Faithful follower on Twitter. It's a great question. He says, if you are Mikel Arteta, which I wish I had hair like him, Mm. Um, he didn't say that, but he says, if you're Mikel Arteta and could only target one top class center forward in the summer, who would it be and why? I will start, you know, I think I, I also want to put the caveat that it has to be realistic. Um, that's mainly for you, Ben, but never will listen to you waffle as much as you want. I, I'm going to go with Tammy Abraham. I really, really wanted him last summer. I think he fits the bill in many ways. He's been elite in Italy. Um, he's that center forward. I think we can bring in somebody like Jesus or Gakpo, um, Gnabry, whoever, to compliment them as well. But I think Tammy's coming into his own and can be the guy. I think you know, his price has certainly skyrocketed. He did it on a big stage last night. looked great. Great dribbling skills, great hold-up play, solid in the air, has a big body, has a good frame, has pace. He's homegrown, and I think that is a quality that's being slept on because we're about to lose most likely Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Hector Bellerin, both homegrown guys. And after losing Joe Willick, we are going to need to recoup on that homegrown quota so hopefully we can bring back Saliba he's been registered so he will count as a homegrown player and Tammy Abraham would count as a homegrown player as well so I think that is an attribute that we're sleeping on a little bit and I think we need 
you know, I don't know the specific numbers off the top of my head, but even somebody like Reese Nelson, if we don't have him come back, that's just another that we lose out on. So I love Tammy. I think it's a word I use a lot um, to describe him. He's wavy. I, I don't, I, I've never been described it myself, but Tammy's wavy. We need that in the squad. He's at an age. He's, you know, has leadership ability. I think in him, he's hungry after Chelsea spurned him and he showed that in Italy. And I think uh, deep down he's a gooner. And I think that's been proven on Twitter. So have you, have you seen the, his latest comments in regards to Chelsea, the premier league transfer rumors? Um, I saw some, but uh, enlighten us. He, he was talking about following in the footsteps of other players who had to leave Chelsea to let themselves fly. And it was a real shot at Chelsea is kind of saying, uh, yeah, they, they just couldn't give me, it didn't provide space for me just like uh, a few other players. And so kind of threw the club under the bus, but then said he really wants to return to the Prem, but he's focused on, on where they are right now. So I'm, I think the rumors are real. I think the, I think that's a really possible transfer. He did reading in the athletic shout out to, to Ben for that uh, helpful subscription login. Um, I use it. I get, I get your money's worth out of it. But he did mention Arsenal by name, saying, I know Arsenal were after me, but no conversations took place. And we all know because we had to get rid of Lacazette and we couldn't do that. Well, I, I, I try not to think about what it would happen if we had, uh, you know, even Enkedia playing all season, but let alone think of Tammy and what he's doing. To be fair, Frank gave him a lot of opportunities and he also gave Mason Mount and Reese James opportunities. But you know, when you have talented players, all you need to do is, is play them, and that's half of the battle, and they all produced. And uh, Tammy has a – he really has an incredible goal record. I mean, you look at him in his time at Villa when they were in the championship, banging goals. His first season at Chelsea, banging goals. Somehow fell out of favor and uh, could not get a game under Chelsea, barely making the squad. And uh, in the now back, in, you know, in Italy at Roma, just banging goals again, so – to me, it seems like I it, he fits the bill in so many ways, and he fits that character profile um, that I think Mikel really likes. And you know, if it's true, we we're after him last summer. We're got to pay for him. He his comments did sound he's a big fan of Mourinho, and said so Mourinho's getting the most out of him. But we all know how quickly Mourinho can leave jobs, and um, he's not getting any younger. So I'm not sure how long. Mourinho will be at Roma because if they don't progress, they're fighting for their European place as a whole. And I think a guy like Tammy Abraham, who's going to want to make the World Cup, is going to want to get to as big of a club as he can. He's a London boy. So uh, a move for a former Chelsea player, we all know how that goes, but he's had a stop in between. And uh, Tammy Abraham's my guy. Thoughts? All right. I will step up to the plate now. So it, he asked for the true number nine. Was that how the question was phrased? The question was, I think it was just center forward. Top class center forward. Okay. So, so yes. a couple names that come to mind. One of them, Darwin Nunez. And then the other one, and Ben always gives me crap for saying guys' names wrong. So, full disclosure, I do not know how to say this guy's last name. Officially correct, so feel free to correct me. But Victor, I think, Oshiman? Oshiman, yep. 
Okay, I was close. I really, hey, that I was really, pretty good for you, Kevin. Normally it's was, terrible, but that was passable. That was good. It's baby steps. Is I, that pronunciation police? Yeah, yes. man. No, I, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm policing it. I feel like I just bully him off air. Yeah, keeping, I'm just. You're keeping our standard high. We appreciate I'm, that. Yeah, I'm just not great in that in that arena. But both of those guys, I've seen so many people talk about. But honestly, I can't say to have seen them play enough to say this is the dude that I want. And Tammy, like you said, I've seen him play. Fully on board with that. But then the other name that. I want and have been talking about for a long time is Gabriel Jesus from mm-hmm. Man City. There's so many links there. I think you talk about a guy that Arteta knows and Arteta wants. He fits that bill. I mean, look at last weekend. He scored more goals in one half of football and open play than Lacazette has scored this entire year for us. And that you have a guy like that on your side and we are just such a different team i also appreciate his ability to be versatile he's played so many roles for city he could play out wide for us he could play central in that 4-3-3 and is experienced i think he's ready to move on from city especially if city are to go after some other big names this summer yeah i you know to be honest I think there's a possibility we get Jesus and Tammy or a player of similar ilk, and that would be a window. You know, if we get Champions League, that's something I definitely could see happening, and that is a window. And now now our our attack that has looked limited now looks versatile, looks dangerous, looks like it's been proven within the league. Um, we, We joked about prim proven, and what the heck does that mean? But those are guys that have scored in the league. And I think they both have something to prove. I think I think Mikel's a manager that values that. And I genuinely think, you know, Jesus wants a chance. And Tammy wanted a chance. He had to leave to get it. But I think they're both hungry and both have a point to prove. Yeah. I uh I think you're right. I think it could be a double center forward window or at least a center forward and a guy who could play across the top three. I think that would be, could you imagine what Twitter will look like? Just the, the amount of hate we'll receive from, from the pundits, but we'll just soak it in what a window that would be. Truly elite. Yeah. I'm uh, excited after the last window and the amount that, you know, I think we're going to be allocated to spend. I'm uh, very excited about it. Ben, we yeah, all, I, we're all expecting one name, but what's it going to be? I, uh, I'm, I'm waffling between two players. Uh, Aubameyang, he plays for Barcelona currently. I think he would fit in really well with this squad. <laughs> we're going to recall him from that loan. He's yeah. prem proven. Prem proven. He's he, he starts Arsenal? off really hot, so if we could get him for for just a few matches, no. Uh, the name that will elicit eye rolls from the two of you. I looked back in our chat, and November fourth, twenty twenty, I said this: I think Arsenal should be the dark horse, and out of nowhere, buy Holland. And I stand by it. We're coming up on a, a year and a half later, and and who says no? Holland playing with his boy. 
Martin Odegaard. I mean, it's just a match made in heaven. He gets to come and just destroy things. I, I just, I'm full in. I don't care how much money it would cost. I think it would just be elite, and we would instantly top, jump to the to the top of the world rankings. You, you don't have to convince me or Kevin or the Arsenal, but we do have to convince him. Why? Why would he pick us over? Any other team? I mean, right now it's Barca, Madrid, Manchester City, the who's who. Why would he pick Arsenal? Well, that's Come a great on. question. You're 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 stumbling, and we need you to be convincing. Listen, Erling, if you're listening, I know you are. We have the the most insane fans. We have a history of players coming and just blossoming look at Thierry Henry you could be you could be better than him you could be someone who came in and took the world by storm being the final piece to this building project the keys would be yours you get to play in the best league in the world you don't have to worry about where the money comes from because it's not dirty I mean we're a classy club and and you are a classy man and i think you would fit in with this fun young squad who just loves life you know and i'll follow up what ben had to say because i am sure i'm on record because i've said it multiple times in our chats that there's no way he's coming and these last few weeks have gone by and you just see all these random links and all these stories about Holland and Arsenal and Odegaard and questions being asked in the media. And if we were to secure champions league football, I wouldn't honestly not throw that out of the question. I think the big issue obviously is his agent. And if we can get past that hoop, who I just wouldn't be that surprised. He would get to play with his Norwegian teammate and Odegaard. He's on a team that we've seen what Arsenal are capable of this year with our, especially our game against City and how good we could be. And you're getting Champions League. I think I might be biased, but I think we could be considered a step up from Dortmund. Maybe maybe that's going Absolutely. too far. I don't know. Tell me no, if I'm wrong. At all. That's You're not wrong at all. But. Nope. But, and I asked this question yesterday to Nick is, you know, all January, it was Isak, Isak, Isak. We were linked to him over and over again. Like Arsenal fans were tracking his car in London and were convinced it was going to be released the next day. And since then, I don't know that I've heard his name mentioned one time in the months since January, but here's Holland. And we've heard over and over again. And there's a phrase where there's smoke, there's fire. And, I never thought I would say it, but the smallest part of me believes with Champions League football, it could happen. Well, thankfully, technology cut Kevin off before I had to do it myself. So we'll end it there. Thanks so much for listening to part one. Let's take a listen to part two. All right. 
Welcome back to the Arsenal Bros Podcast. I'm joined by fellow bro Ben and our guest, Luke. Luke, what's going on, man? I'm all right. Unfortunately, uh, coming off a tough result in Europa League, but uh, we'll looking forward to, to Sunday and next Thursday especially. Um, but, we're get, yeah, We're getting the West Ham instant reaction here. So before we get into that, tell us quick how you became a West Ham supporter as as all we've only had Americans on the show, we're obviously not there, so we just have to pick a team. How did uh, how did the hammers land in your heart? So when I was a, a little bit younger, I don't know, probably a sophomore in high school, so what, like fourteen, fifteen. Uh, I I was I watched a lot of YouTube and a lot of FIFA and stuff too, and one of the YouTubers I watched was called Spencer FC, and he was he was a huge West Ham fan. Uh, he would like interview players, he'd vlog games. Uh, and I, I remember just like watching those and just kind of slowly falling in love with West Ham. And I just, I love the culture surrounding it. I, and I didn't want to support as big a team as like a, a Man City or, or even an Arsenal. Um, I wanted something a little bit smaller, but still, you know, right there at the, the peak of English football. Um, so I ended up with West Ham and it, it was, it was right when Dimitri Payet was there, so it was, oh, yeah. it was a high time to be a West Ham fan. Um, and then as soon as he left, it was it was very much so a, a low time. <laughs> but we're we're back on the the come up, it seems. No doubt. Yeah, you guys. Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, in probably one of the biggest games that West Ham has had in a very long time. So not a bad time to be a supporter. So tell us about your knee jerk reactions from the match obviously down 2-1 now to the second leg at Frankfurt but you must have some optimism coming away from that yeah i think i think we uh i think we could have lost that one a little bit more honestly i think it could really? have been 3-1 4-1 if if uh frankfurt had put away some of their chances i think we could have i think it could have easily been 2-2 as well or even 3-1 for west ham you know it just one of those games where there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of missed opportunities. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see the the next game and see how Moyes reacts to that and the team we put out. I think it'll probably be pretty similar. Um, mm-hmm. I will say we we struggled a lot offensively, which I don't think we've had as big an issue, especially in Europe. I think typically offensively we've been very good, but we just we gave the ball away a lot um, just in the middle of the park. And that, that was rough for us too. Cause then we're giving counters and Frankfurt was a very, very quick team uh, on the counter. So it's, it's, it's surprising because of how stable your midfield traditionally is with rice, with Suchek, with Fornals dropping in. So that seemed, uh, seemed uncommon, but maybe, maybe the, just the stage getting to them in a, in a, European semifinal at home. That's a, a game that not many of these guys outside of Rice ha, have uh, played in a game this stature. Yeah. I, I, I will say Rice was playing a lot more deep today. So I don't mm. know if that was partly to do with it. Just we were starting with the ball really deep and we we're just having a difficult time getting forward. But I'm not sure. Uh, it was definitely a bit a bit odd. But sometimes you just have those games. Yeah. Do you, do you think Rice had to be a little deeper? I know you guys are having a center back, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but a, a thinning out, a balding. And so I didn't know if uh, Rice had to play as a little more cover 
especially against the quickness of Frankfurt. Yeah, I think today we, we had Zuma and Dawson, and that's like those have been since Ogbana got injured, those have been our, our two top choice center backs. Um, so I don't think it was it was that as much. Um, it was kind of interesting. I think a lot of people were expecting Zuma to still be out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he was back in the lineup today. I think West Ham kind of kept that one a little little quiet to try and surprise Frankfurt. But um, fair uh, enough. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it really that's the beauty of European football is clashing styles and a game, you know, a game where you feel like a European semifinal is usually going to be pretty tight. Um, a game that seemed to be quite open. And sometimes that's just how it happens when styles um, clash like that. So um, yeah, so not a terrible result. Like you said, it could have been worse. You guys are also inches away from an incredible level or, that would have been uh, something of West Ham lore for, for years from here, but not in a terrible position moving forward to Thursday. What are your thoughts? A pretty quick turnaround when you play the Gunners Sunday. I don't feel particularly confident, uh, especially <laughs> when you look at how we lined up against Chelsea uh, last week. I, I think it'll probably, and we, I mean, we've even, uh, who's Dawson, he's going to be out. He has yes. a red card. So we're going to be down a center back. It's probably going to be a pretty similar lineup to that game uh, against Chelsea. And that's not a very strong lineup, but I think it is very much so with the mentality of resting players going into Thursday to be as fresh as possible. But I, you never know. I, we were in that that game against Chelsea the whole time. It just came, it came down to it at the very last minute. So it's tough to know, but I, I don't have the – the most amount of confidence going into that game. Yeah. Easy to have all eyes onto Thursday. Um, and I mean, looking at the league table, especially with United's result today, you're only three points off of them, but obviously winning the Europa league, or at least getting to the final winning the Europa league back in, you know, straight into the champions league that, uh, that's a ticket that you want to have punched. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's Champions League and a trophy. So it's not like, you know, it's not like we're finishing top four. It's it's it'd be a pretty, pretty big deal. Probably would be the most significant thing West Ham have ever done. If Yeah, I would say so. I, I'm not sure if you're aware uh, us Arsenal fans consider a fourth place a trophy. So <laughs> we've <laughs> we had cling, that for years. We cling to what we can get. <laughs> What is it uh, when you finish above Tottenham? What's that day called? St. Tottering's Day or something like that? Yes. 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 And it's been uh, too long. We had many moons straight of having it. And we were uh, we were pretty spoiled. And, uh, you know, we've uh, we've been in the dark a little bit lately. But we're uh, we're coming back as a West Ham fan. What are your thoughts um, on Arsenal? I know the the reverse fixture was a two one two nil. Uh, win for Arsenal at the Emirates. Uh, some second half goals. What are your thoughts? Um, maybe, maybe just not at the context of having to rotate. But what are your thoughts on Arsenal? Yeah, it seems like you guys are in good form right now. But I will say, it seems like the form has gone up and down a lot this this season. Mm. It seems like every other month, I'm hearing Arteta out, and then every now <laughs> and then, everyone's loving Arteta. So, uh, it, but it seems like you've been. You've been definitely getting good results. Uh, I mean, the one against Chelsea was obviously fantastic. 
Um, but Chelsea's also kind of in a weird, weird spot right now because they've they don't have a ton to play for, and uh, you, you know, so there's some, I don't know, I guess lack of desire there maybe, but mm. it definitely seems like uh, Arsenal have been been in good form recently. Yeah, outside of a few odd results against teams who just were uh, were up against it. So when you said you weren't hopeful for a West Ham result, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Uh, <laughs> the, when when we're expected to win, we've we've kind of stumbled here in 2022. But but overall, we've had some some pretty big matches, and so I think uh, on this pod, we we are not Arteta out. We are very firmly Arteta in. And uh, but I can I hear the rumblings. I see them on Twitter because. There's some there's some nutters out there. That's I think that's every every fan base every fan base on Twitter is so reactionary. I mean, you go on West Ham Twitter right now, and people are like losing their mind. It's like it's two one, you know. Like calm down, everyone needs to take a deep breath. But yeah, that's 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 to be expected with with any sport, to be honest. Yeah, that's the beauty of the game: the emotion that comes from it, and then the platform of Twitter can be a uh... A dangerous combination. You know, getting to hear that other supporters have to deal with some of the same struggles that we do and uh, that we're not alone. Yeah, you're definitely, definitely not alone there. What are, uh, what are popular opinions um, as in the West Ham community? I mean, like as Arsenal fans, we have to deal with Arteta out, you know, we shouldn't have shouldn't have gotten rid of Emery, but I think, I think, I think everybody's starting to get on the same page with that, but we're very excited about our future as a West Ham fan. What are some things that come up consistently in the community? I think the, probably the biggest one right now is just keeping Declan Rice and Mm. Bowen. Those are, those are definitely the two biggest ones. The other one that I can think of is one that you're also going to, you're going to say you you've shared this experience and that's not signing anyone in January when it feels like <laughs> you need reinforcements. Um, it, it, I think that was, that was a really frustrating one. And I think that's part of why some West Ham fans feel a bit nervous about losing Declan Rice as well. Uh, you know, if you could get good players in, you might be able to, to, to uh, entice them to stay, but without those, without the uh, reinforcements, he's not going to do it all by himself and eventually he's going to be like i need to go to a, a club where i i have those uh those backup players and a team that looks like they're searching more for for bigger things absolutely as uh as a non-west ham fan to be honest i would love him to i mean if he's not coming to arsenal which i've seen zero links and uh would not would not expect that i would love him to stay and uh seeing his campaign at the Euros uh, and I think watching him at West Ham, he often, there's just something about him to where he often takes the game by the scruff of the neck and looks like he's doing it on him, doing a lot on his own. And maybe that's just how he carries with the ball and it makes it give that kind of uh, aura of that he is doing that. But, you know, I, I see how integral he is and he's a, a lovely bloke and just a great guy. And I'm sure you guys love him and, um, I don't know as much about Jeroboam. I do know he's been tearing it up, and uh, you know, losing them both would be would be critical blows to the to the squad. I mean, financially, you're going to be in a good spot, but traditionally, it's uh, it's hard to replace those guys straight away. What are your predictions uh, on the futures of those two? 
I think we'll keep them at least another season. I, okay. I don't think anyone's gonna. I think for Declan Rice because he still has he still has three years on his contract. Okay. So if anyone's gonna buy him, it's gonna have to be for a hundred plus million, which I just right. I can't see that happening. Now you know, knock on wood there, but I there's only a few clubs that are able to do that. Um, Right. And, and Chelsea was one of them, but now it's, you know, they're, they're not looking too, too stable. So I don't, they seem like they're kind of out of the running for that. Man City, maybe, but uh, do they really need him? I don't know. Uh, the only other clubs I could think of would be like Real Madrid, which I, you know, for an English player, I, that doesn't seem to happen too often. Um, I mean, you get occasionally you get like a Gareth Bale or a David Beckham who goes there, but traditionally English players tend to stay within the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well said. So, I mean, that would be a huge boost. Obviously, depending on uh, the result of your next, I guess, of your European future, that could really change. You know, if they stay, it'd be really hard to leave when you're playing in Champions League and. Um, you know you're going to be the guy at that level. Um, I think one thing with Declan Rice is uh, the the club I'd be worried about is Manchester United with having mm. a pretty terrible end of the season, looking to to rebuild. Rumors that Pogba's leaving. They have a Matic is old. They have a hole there. Um, they are probably the biggest club in in England still. Um, and have the the resources to do it. That would be the club that would scare me the most if I was a West Ham fan. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, still there. It's you look at Man United right now. It, they're not a they're not a very attractive club to go to. And I, I don't know if they quite have the pool they would have had a few years ago. Mm. So I, I'm not sure if if United was in a Europa League or Champions League spot. I, well, I guess they're Europa League. But if they're in a Champions League spot, then you then I'd be a little bit more worried about it. But they're I don't know. I, I just for some reason don't feel nearly as nervous about United as I do a, a city or if Chelsea had the money at Chelsea. Yeah, I agree. For some reason, I uh, very much think that. You know, the pool is still there. It's Manchester United, Old Trafford, you know, players getting close to this age or, you know, age of players that you want to buy or players that grew up in United was always there. And there's something that you just know, oh my gosh, it's United. But I think we're getting to the point where it's, uh, you're thinking about your career and maybe that's not the most progressive step just because it, uh, <laughs> it's such an uncertain future. Um, Especially the reports of Ragnick leaving. Um, unbelievable. You know, just when United fans think they have a plan with Ragnick and Ten Hag, um, just having an understanding, weeks, I mean, less than, I think it was the the United game is when we found out he was being confirmed, and that was less than a week ago. And then now we're already hearing that he's uh, he's he's on his way out. Oh, I mean, I would love that. I, I'm ready for this carousel just to keep – Keep turning, crank that music up, and uh, watch it watch it go down. But um, uh, yeah, I agree, Luke. I don't think that that is an as an attractive as an option. And I thought Rice was 
definitely on his way to Chelsea, but um, being a Chelsea boy himself, being so close with Mason Mount, um, but that uh, has a little bit on its own. Hard to tell what that looks like for them, but that does put some uncertainty in that move. So, yeah, I think uh, giving you some hope um, of keeping him for sure. So, um, okay, well... Let's move forward to the Arsenal game. I know you mentioned you weren't super confident. We've talked about rotations. What's, what's center back going to look like? I, I too, was surprised that Zuma was back. Um, I originally had thoughts that he would be rotated, but with him as the only center, I feel like he's got to play. But then on the other hand, that's such a quick turnaround from Thursday to Sunday when you've been rushed back and then needing to play in the biggest game of – your your season or you know maybe the club's history in a semifinal that you need to chase a goal in what uh what are your thoughts uh specifically on the lineup yeah i i'm expecting a, a back three like we did against chelsea i i think mm. zuma's just gonna have to play i i don't unless we give uh a lease a go and he's he's an academy player which i just i can't see moya's doing but maybe, maybe he would. But if you have Zuma fit, I think you gotta you gotta use him. So I would expect to see a, a back three of Cresswell, Zuma, and then Ben Johnson, which is pretty similar to what we did against Chelsea, just switching Zuma and uh, Dawson. The back three would certainly protect him if you feel like he may not be fully fit yet. That would certainly be the way to do that. And I do, yeah, I saw that against Chelsea as well. But that, I mean, that's a hard thing to break down and Arsenal has had a hard time specifically breaking down three backs. So it might actually work out into your favor that you have to rotate and maybe don't necessarily play as much or have to be a little more conservative than usual. Ben, I know we've had struggles breaking down Brighton, breaking down um, Palace and numerous other teams that have given us fits. Well, how do you, how do you feel about playing against a rotated uh, West Ham? Yeah, it, I think they would come out pretty conservative and draw us out. Uh, again, that's that's been a, a good recipe um, against us to, to kind of sit in and, and hit us a little bit. Um, I don't know how well West Ham does on the counter. Luke, you can speak to that. But I think um, I that gives me pause because we, we would just have to really work to break them down. And, and right now we're struggling a little bit to do that, though we've poured on goals in recent weeks. Um, I think it would be tough. I think, especially as they're just sitting and waiting for the following Thursday. Yeah, to be fair, you know, the last two games that we've played that we have scored, those games have been quite open and stretched. But this uh, this game reminds me of that unfortunate three game stretch that uh, that we, don't we want had. To talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll move past that. So, who would you say is your favorite hammer, Luke? Oof. That's a difficult one. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Mark Noble just I, because he's it, just because he's Mr. West Ham. Um, but besides him, probably Antonio. He's just he's a great guy. Uh, he's so funny, and I mean, his form kind of dips a lot, but he scores a lot of goals. So I, I do love Antonio. Love that two two proper. Premier League players and Mark Noble, an absolute Premier League legend. I started 
supporting the Arsenal in 2006. So about as long as I have been supporting, Mark Noble's been yep. <laughs> at West Ham. And that's uh, that's really cool. And I love that he's had a role and he's so well-respected too. So loving that. One of one of the things I love about Mark Noble is he looks like a history teacher at my elementary <laughs> school. Yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't really look like a, a modern footballer, that's for sure. He doesn't doesn't have a fancy haircut or tattoos, but he I, I mean I feel like he just he fits. Like if you think of West Ham and you were to pick one person, it's it's him. So Yeah. No, there's I think that's amazing when you have a player just so committed to a club like that who can just still put in a shift, hold down the fort. Uh, there's, there's something just real, real awesome about that. Yeah. I think a lot of West Ham fans are, are really hoping that's going to be Declan Rice. You know, I, I, that's, those comparisons have, have come up a lot, but we'll see. It would be, it would be real special if you could replace one Mark Noble with a, with another right after, but could be tough. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure you'll enjoy it while you have them both. It's like a, a dad and his son almost. I feel like with Noble and uh, and Rice, I can 100% see that. So, Ben, who would you say your favorite hammer is as an outsider? Um, well, I, I, I really uh, – Jared Bowen has been great for me in fantasy, the <laughs> fantasy Premier League this year. Uh, so I've really appreciated him, got him on a bargain. But I appreciate uh, – Thomas Suchek, is that my saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched him last season as well, and he just he just stands out. He he's he played well against the Arsenal um in, in previous matches. Um and so I, I think he's just uh, a player that that surprised me that the way he could move, the way he attacked, uh, his presence in the midfield. I think he's a really quality, quality player. He's tough for sure. He has a knack of of scoring goals, and he's got that Eastern European toughness. Him and Sufal, they kind of scare the crap out of me. <laughs> I know Sufal's kind of uh, been second favor lately, but they're both. Uh, yeah, you guys have a nice connection there. So yeah, I, I would. Uh, I'd have to go. I mean, the popular choice is Bowen, but uh, I love love that kind of signing, um, and. Uh, that's proven, proven well. What are your thoughts of, of David Moyes? You surely must be a fan, and I feel like he's he's settled in um, and enjoying his time. Yeah, I, I will. I'll be honest. When he first came here, I, I, I was uh, I was definitely not a, a big fan of the appointment of Moyes. I didn't think it it looked like a like a good one. I was just like, oh, David Moyes. You know, and I think part of that too is just when you hear David Moyes at that time, you just thought. Man United disaster, but you look at it now and you're like, okay, maybe maybe the issue there is United and not Moyes. So I, I've loved him uh, ever ever since. Yeah, probably six months into last season, just you fully trust every decision he makes. Yeah, if he puts out a lineup and you're like, oh, I probably wouldn't have picked that. You're like, well, I'm not David Moyes. So right, but yeah, I've loved him. He's he's. He's done a lot too with not just the senior squad. He's he's uh, really invested into the youth squad, which I I think every every fan base is just going to really appreciate that because you want to see youth players. You want to see 
somebody who comes through and becomes a really good player because you made them that way. And David Moyes has started to to shift West Ham back into a team that would do that. Because we used to have one of the best academies, if not the best academy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Frank Lampard came from here. Uh, I mean, a blank on all these names now, but <laughs> we've had Fred- so many. Joe Cole. Yeah. Uh, Real, Real Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Yep. I mean, those three are, I mean, they were in a golden generation of England teams. So, yeah. Mark Noble. Yeah, Mark Noble. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. Um, do you have a young hammer that you're excited about? There's a few. Um, Connor Coventry, he's he's kind of looking a little bit like he could be a young Mark Noble. Um, Harrington Ashby, he's a he's kind of a decent outside back. Ben Johnson, he's uh, he's mm. he's recently been featuring more for us. Uh, but he's he's an academy player. He's been he's been really awesome. Uh, great yeah. great attitude. Uh, really good defensively. He he probably isn't as good offensively as Sufal is, but he offers he offers a lot at the back, which especially with with lacking some center backs has been really really useful. Yeah. Definitely. So I got two more questions. We'll go with the prediction last, but have you made the pilgrimage to the Olympic stadium? Yet? I have not. I have actually never been on a plane. So oh, dang, that's, but... that's on the list for sure. Uh, to I'm get hoping... on a plane or go to England? Cause well, I think both are going to be big steps. Yeah. Both, both are <laughs> definitely on the list. Uh, I am planning to make a, a trip this summer to Greece. Um, but I mean, there's no soccer. So going to england at that point just feels a little silly like if i'm going to england i you know i need to be at the bowl for a big game but no i I definitely plan on making it there whenever i can um i would love to love to see a a west ham versus chelsea or arsenal Mm. um yeah i'd love to see them in the champions league that'd be really cool but that would be something we'll see that one's uh that one's still kind of a a dream at this point you know, the best way you can do that is if you guys rotate on Sunday, <laughs> inch closer, you guys take care of business Thursday. It's a win for everyone. And maybe we could have a a, a London Champions League uh, game between us. That'd be that'd be brilliant. That would be that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I would not hate that. All right. Well, Luke, what would you say your prediction is for the match on Sunday? All right, I'll be I'll be a little bit more optimistic here. I think it's gonna be probably pretty low scoring. Um, we're just not gonna do much in attack, I don't think. So maybe a one-one, but probably uh, ideally for us, probably a draw is realistic. A draw is not a bad result with a rotated team, and you know I uh, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past us with with us having a hard time breaking down. Uh, back threes so that might not might not be too far off we're, we're terrible at predictions um so we're gonna uh, but our last guest was about spot on so we're gonna hope you follow in the well i guess we don't hope that you're right but we'll we'll, we'll see how accurate you are <laughs> all right what are your last... what are your predictions oh um let's see you know i as much of an optimist as I am by nature, my predictions have been pessimistic for sure. Um, 
I'm going to go one nil. I think it's going to be low scoring. Like I, I could be very wrong, but I'm just seeing us having a hard time breaking guys down. Um, and hopefully we can bag at some point. Ben, what would you say? Uh, I'm going to go two one in favor of the Arsenal. I think just coming the the turnaround Thursday to Sunday is just tough, uh, especially with being limited in the back. I think I think a second goal would come late, but um, but I still see the Arsenal being able to pull it off. That would be great. Sounds good. All right, Luke. Any other uh, last thoughts? Oh, if you could, if you had to swap a West Ham player for an Arsenal player, and it can't be like some some random substitute on Arsenal. Like it has to be one of your your starting eleven. Oof. Who who are you swapping? Oh man, what a question! I mean, Declan Rice stands out as a need for us. Um, yeah, and I... it would it would have to be uh, of similar value. I feel like as a an honest swap, we can't give you Lacazette for <laughs> for uh, Declan Rice. Oof. This would be a hot take, but I would. Oh gosh, I feel like ugh, I'm gonna feel dirty saying this, but I feel like swapping Declan Rice for Smith Rowe would. Uh, wow. I, I mean, right now, him or Martinelli are on the bench, and I know this could change even next year, but that left side, Grant Xhaka's been a revelation. I feel like he's got a year or two doing it, but Declan Rice could be the guy another five to maybe ten years doing that. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I just said that, but that... uh, Nick, are you you okay, Nick? Are you being (laughs) held up? I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to regret this. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say? Now, yeah, now you have to answer. Don't say, don't give us some soft answer. Well, I was going to say Antonio, but he's 32. He's older Uh, than Lacazette. I, that's what I was thinking. Just like this, a nice little upgrade, (laughs) short term upgrade for Laka. That's a I don't have to betray one of our young players and hurt his feelings like you did, Nick. Gosh, Um, man. Emil, if you're listening, man, I do love you. I have your, your name on the back of one of my shirts. So. Please forgive yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, it means nothing to him though, apparently. Uh so yeah, I would I would switch out uh Laka for Antonio. I think he could do a job or or maybe even Bowen for for Laka. Uh a little younger, little uh little more spry. So I think I would I would go one of those two options. Luke, what would you want? I was thinking uh Ben Rama for Saka. I feel like that's it's fair, but or Ben Rama for Odegaard, but I don't know. I don't know if we at Odegaard how he would fit into the West Ham side, but I think a Saka would be be pretty pretty nice to have. But yeah, I, I think I would I'd give you a Ben Rama for one of the two. I hate to break it to you, but Saka is not being touched. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is, I think, uh, is relatively free game, but. He, uh, I think, uh, I think the Emirates would would burn if <laughs> something happened to our our young boy. We just love him so much. He's yeah. he's so wholesome. We can't yeah. lose him. Yeah, I, I love players like that though. They're, they're those are my favorite players. Yeah, and to be honest, I I really see Rice is that way too. I've listened to multiple interviews from him. He's just he's just such a you know, normal guy with 
you know, he's, he's still a kid and, uh, you get to hear that come out. He's so authentic and he knows the game. Well, I'm just like, man, this is just a guy you just love. And watching him all summer with England was really fun too. And they had a really fun England bunch. So that was awesome. So yeah, I can certainly, certainly agree. So, all right, we'll leave it there. Uh, best of luck, not too much luck. Um, <laughs> Sunday, but we'll we'll save that luck for next Thursday, and we'll certainly certainly be pulling for you guys, and hope for the best, Luke. Yeah, absolutely, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for for having me on here. This was this was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks for joining, buddy. Great. Well, for Ben and Luke, I am Nick. Thanks so much for joining. We'll catch you later. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining again, everyone. We really appreciate every listen. On behalf of Ben and Kevin, I am Nick. We are the Arsenal Bros. Special shout out to Luke Greenway. You can find him at Luke Greenway30 on Twitter. We appreciate the West Ham insight, but we'll be looking for three points back to North London. Come on, you gunners. Mm-hmm.